Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't You don't think? I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why are you grabbing a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you it's are. Mike Show yes, and are. the Bulldog no, on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, cranking along here on a Wednesday. Glad to have you all along for the ride. I am the Bulldog. Bummer, Mike Shope has the day off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline, I'm pretty sure Joe Goodberry was on the week between Christmas and New Year's in advance of the Monday night game that ended up not being played, and I was off for that, and now we've got Joe again here on the Wednesday before a Bills-Bengals matchup, and Mike is off. I'm sorry for the scheduling, Joe. Uh, Hopefully at some point we'll both be here for you. Yeah, it'll have to be uh, next year or if we talk in the offseason at some point. Yes, I suppose. Next year will be the soonest we'll be able to do that. Um, good to have you with us. YouTube, Bengals on the Brain. Uh, that's where you can find Joe at, uh, at Joe Goodberry on the Twitter machine. So, um, I don't know. How, how, how are you doing? How, how are Bengals fans doing? How, how, how's everyone handling this? I don't know. Is it right to call it a rematch? Um, a lot of emotion. There's, there's a lot of things to consider here. Um, what's the temperature of, uh, of the Bengals? Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? I, I didn't know how to classify it either because as soon as the game was canceled and everything happened and everyone's thoughts were with tomorrow, it, it t- quickly turned to, all right, well, now week 18, you have to actually play it. And, you know, it, it, it's actually for the division. And then, then the NFL rules came down. The Bengals weren't happy with that. The fans sided with the team, as you would expect. Yep. And they handled their business, and it all became whatever at that point but I think that bubbled and carried over into the playoff game which you never want to play a division rival it's funny the Bills and Bengals are in a similar situation 
Uh, it's a team that you split with during the regular season. It's a team that gave the Bengals a lot of troubles for the last three years, really. And I think we saw that in the game. And it was weird because I don't normally get nervous or, like, feel sick or anything like that in a tight game. And mm-hmm. I did. I just didn't want the Bengals to lose to the Ravens that I felt were inferior, that I felt the Bengals uh, should have handled. And I, I was expected that the Bills Bengals Chiefs would be three of the four remaining teams in the AFC. So when the game got close, it made me feel uh, very desperate. You know, and I, I you kind of feel like <laughs> the players probably were yep. feeling that as well. And I, I imagine the feeling was probably the same on Saturday or on early Sunday game for the for the Bills Dolphins as well. So now it's a sigh of relief. Now it's a okay we can reset and get back to what we all expected because you always thought this would end up happening one way or the other. They would meet at some point and uh, now we can handle it and settle it. You know, it's so interesting to hear you talk with so much candor about your emotions watching your playoff game. Um, of course, the, the Bills game was also, you know, fraught with tension. Uh, they, they were trailing, you know, a minute, less than a minute into the third quarter. Um, and it's interesting to, for, to me, maybe I'm in denial, Joe, I don't know, because um, Mike asked me, I think yesterday, to start off our show, did you think at all about it ending on Sunday against Miami? And I, as tense as that was, and, you know, the Bills were behind, you know, it may have been fluky, but whatever they were, I, I never got there, which is weird. Again, maybe I'm, maybe I was in denial about it. I, I certainly am, you know, I think the, the run up to the game, I just didn't think the Miami Dolphins had much of a chance at all. So that's maybe my starting point. Very different feel this week, you know, like I very, very rightly so, I think I've seen. from here on out, these games referred to as coin flips, and that's exactly how I would view Bills-Bengals. Yeah, I would too. And to just answer your question of, of, you know, did I ever think of for the Bengals a season would end there? There was a moment, and it was right before the 98-yard fumble return, (laughs) where I thought the Ravens are going to take the lead, and the Bengals just are not going to have enough possessions. They need to be perfect from here on out. And then that happened, and it flips the script, and you go, okay, I can breathe a little bit. You feel good about, you know, stopping a – backup quarterback at some point just like i think that dolphins bills game if you get 15 possessions you should beat skylar thompson so like the whole game flow and script you kind of felt like the bills were going to pull away at some point but it was the exact opposite for bengals ravens where the bengals essentially had seven possessions only they needed to score on most of those to win that game and if they eventually got a defensive uh, touchdown there but yeah this bills bengals game if it's anything like what we saw in the nine minutes and who knows that's the scripted right. stuff on Monday night football. But if it's anything like that, I think we were looking at a 38, 35 type of game and we'll see if the weather plays a factor. If it continues to get colder, if the snow comes in, whatever the case may be, I still think that's what we're looking at since then though, the Bengals have lost two starting offensive linemen. And I think they're a bit concerned with it. Their game plan yeah. definitely changed versus the Ravens after the left tackle Jonah Williams went down. So will they still be the explosive offense? I think they have to be. I think they will need to be, and they'll probably try to push through it. Boy, it is hard, Joe. Joe Goodberry is our guest here, host of uh, Bengals Talk on YouTube. Um, it's hard to look back at that game and like, at, like you know, a- ask you about anything that happened in those nine minutes. Uh, I recognize because of, of course, the events that unfolded and, and how you know just real life and death ended up being the priority there. But, like, thinking back to how it started, even the coin toss, 
like the Bengals taking the ball, like almost every team now, it seems, there's exceptions for weather, I suppose, and, and maybe certain certain matchups. But generally, um, you know, I know what the Bills do. The Bills win the toss, they defer. They, they want to have the ball last in the second quarter and then lead off the third quarter and try to double dip on you. You hear that a lot on the broadcasts, uh, you know, all over the league. So the Bengals taking the ball was like the first sign of like, oh, this is like – we're, we're, you know, they didn't get to say we'll take the ball and we're going to score, but right. that's of course exactly what they did. And that that game, there was a there was a swagger and some animosity there right away in that game. Um, I don't know if these teams emotionally playing one another with what ended up happening on the second of January will be able to reach that emotional level playing one another. Um, but either way, I mean, it's it's two teams that I think both feel they have something to prove here. Yeah, I was at that game, too. So I, we went down to Cincinnati up from – because I'm in the Buffalo area. So we drove down there. The atmosphere was electric. Everything was exciting. I mean, even the, the opposing fans before the game, we're all hanging out like both teams are in the playoffs. What are we worried about? We haven't played each other. This kind of brotherhood that's been blossoming over the last two years, ever since the Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd played against the Bills <laughs> right. into the postseason – uh, it was still there. The feeling was, was mutual. Everyone's having a good time. If anything, it was like, hey, if it's not us, let it be you guys. Just take care of the Chiefs. It can't be the Chiefs. And then the game starts, and, like, the, the whole stadium is just losing their mind with anticipation. And you're right. The Bengals came out, like, hyper-focused. We're going to score. We're going to take, take it down there. We're going to do what we – they're confident what they're going to do. And then some chippiness even started. Trey yep. Hendrickson and, and Deion Dawkins go at it. Matt Milano hits uh, uh, Jamar Chase over the middle. There's a couple – Hayden Hurst going hard at, at mm-hmm. you know, the Darren Johnson. And it's like, you could see that even though they haven't played and the rivalry hasn't been established, both teams are extremely aware of what's at the table here and what's on the other side of the field. But, you know, the Bills are, have been projected to be the Super Bowl favorite all year and honestly could have been there last year. And I think there was some of that feeling that, hey, if that 13 seconds doesn't happen, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people believed last year the Bills would have taken care of the Bengals or at least it would have been projected that way. I don't think at the time we knew the Bengals would continue to be a juggernaut team in the AFC. But at the time, you know, I could see that definitely being the case. So I, I think even though the rivalry isn't established yet, you could feel it. And I, I think we're going to see that again. Yeah, I, I, ant- I anticipate some of that. Again, whether it reaches the fever pitch, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, the Bills, DeMar Hamlin is around. Sean McDermott said today he's in the building most days. Um so, like, you know, they, they chose or he chose not to be in the stadium for Sunday's wild card game against Miami. Uh, we'll see what Sunday holds, but, like, that, that could be something that, like, sort of resets yeah. the emotional pitch of the day if, if they end up having him there or if he chooses to be there. Have him from a box, right, before the game. Right. Yeah, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. I haven't heard, you know, anything one way or the other on that. Um, but even without it, you know, these are two teams with a lot to prove. The Bengals especially, you just said it, Joe. Like, a lot of fans here, you know, it's funny. Like, the way the Bills were rolling is is a key part of that, right? Without 13 seconds, like, they, they you know, squib the kick and run the time off and they win that game. They're hosting the Bengals. And yeah. the form they looked to be in last January would have led you, like, they're unstoppable. Now, we know that's not true. Like, you know, the Bengals would have come here and played a game, and they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. So, you know, it wouldn't have been a walkover, I don't think. But that was the feeling, and now here come the Bengals, right? And both teams are relatively intact. The Bengals, sadly, Joe, um, you know, it's not sad for Bills fans, but 
their offensive line is kind of a mess like it was at the end of last year. So yeah. they're 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 the teams are in very similar states to the to what they would have been in if they had met last January. And I think they're similarly built and they function similarly as well. They are spread offenses, three wide receiver offenses. They're going to run everything out of shotgun. Uh, they've got quarterbacks that is the centerpiece of their offense that can go off script and make plays and extend plays. Burrow can't run like Allen does, but they will extend and break out of the pocket and make things happen, which makes them one of the new age guys that can do that at quarterback, which it seems like more and more are able to do it. But on the defensive side, they're nickel defenses. They're going to stay in nickel no matter what you do on offense. They know what the personnel they are. Their coordinators have been there, or at least for Dorsey's been on the Bills side for a long time. Now the mm-hmm. Bengals and Zach Taylor, they've been together all four years now. Uh, they're establishing who they are and what they're going to do. And I think they're both designed or have been in mind of we've, we're going to build these teams to beat the Chiefs. And it's funny because now they look like the Chiefs at times on offense, both of these teams. And I, I it, they're going to have to meet. They're going to have to do it all. And, yeah, the Bengals, the Bills, nine wins, eight wins in a row. I mean, they're the hottest teams in the league. But at the same time, I think it's the – the last game that's kind of affecting us a little bit, being a little too tight with Miami. I hear the national analysts that look at bills and they say, well, they, how do you let Skylar Thompson do that? How does, you know, Josh Allen's averaging 16 yards per uh, average depth of target last week. He's taken seven sacks, but so they start criticizing and critiquing a little bit that way. They do the same for the Bengals. Now the offensive lines hurt. Uh, the defense. How do you let Tyler Huntley break it off and do what you do and have your worst tackling game of the year? Uh, I just think it, that's playoff football. That's division football. Mm-hmm. I'm This game, though, even though I feel like I know both teams very well, I'm still very unsure of how it's going to go. Yeah, well, because, yeah, we didn't get, you know, for whatever it would be worth, maybe it would be somewhat informative and maybe it would be somewhat misleading at the same time, but we didn't get that game. You know, like if we had that game, then, you know, however it would have gone, like, oh, well, we can't let them do that again, or we got to make sure we get, you know, and without it, we, we just don't know. Like here are, you know, for all the familiarity the Bills and Chiefs have with one another, and even the Bengals and the Chiefs, this yep. is the first meeting of these Bengals and these Bills, really. So uh, it makes it makes it intriguing. Um, talking with Joe Goodberry at Bengals Talk is where you can find uh, his input, his output on uh, on YouTube. Uh, Joe, up front, we've already touched on it. Um, both teams had trouble protecting their quarterbacks in their wild card matchups. Um, you know, Allen got sacked seven times. Burrow was harried by the Ravens, and you've got injuries there. Um, big-time injuries, right, left tackle and, and others. Why don't you give us the rundown of what, what yeah. is happening on the offensive line for Cincinnati? Yeah, so Jonah Williams was the only starter from last year that returned this year, former uh, first-round pick for the Bengals at left tackle. They signed three offensive linemen in free agency from center to right guard to right tackle and drafted a fourth-round guy to North Dakota State. And he plugged him in. He's been – Cordell Bolson at left guard has been a starter all year now. But they lost Lael Collins at right tackle versus the Patriots. I want to say that was week 15. And then they lost Alex Kappa week 18 against the Ravens. And then they lost Jonah Williams this past wild card week at left tackle. They think Kappa and Jonah can come back at some point. If the Bengals advance, they're hopeful, maybe the AFC championship game. And then two weeks, it would be the Super Bowl after that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like both could come back for that point. Jonah Williams though, dislocated his left kneecap. He did it in week five versus the Ravens to his right kneecap and actually came back into the game with a brace on. So I don't know what they're thinking still with him. I guess there is a chance that he could brace it up and play, 
Mm-hmm. But having that happen to both legs at this point, I think they're going to take some precaution, and they're not expecting him to go at at this point. Uh, so it, it's in a, it's a rough situation. But the Bengals, it, they are quick passing offense. So Joe Burrow is one of the three least pressured quarterbacks in the league this year, even despite the offensive line not being great. And it's because they're going to get the ball out so quickly. And really your best option, because you can't blitz Burrow. His numbers are tremendous versus the blitz. I wish teams would blitz them more often. They do not. <laughs> for obvious reasons, but if your front four can win and you can drop seven into coverage, that's your best chance against these receivers as well. So it kind of works together. The Bengals need to figure out their offensive line and piece it together as best as possible. They do have a guy who started 30 games at right guard. They claimed from the Texans and Max Sherping, a fourth-round pick at right tackle that they like that they've developed in uh, Hakeem Adeniji who's replaced in Leo Collins, and a second-round pick who I will compare him to like a Cody Ford who I thought was more of a guard. Jackson Carmen, they took him in last year out of Clemson in the second round. He's going to go in at left tackle. That's the one I worry about. He's just a bit stiff and clunky, but he's super strong. So you hope that, you know, that balances out at the end. Yeah. Boy, watching, you know, both of these games on Sunday, you know, the, the Bills-Dolphins game and then Bengals-Ravens, um, you know, similar to how you're describing the Bengals, Miami was all banged up up front, and – we, I was, you know, expecting or hoping, I guess, the Bills would be able to maybe like almost look unblockable up front, yeah. and they really weren't. I mean, they got they they sacked they sacked Thompson, but there was there was a reason they blitzed more than they have maybe all year uh, in that game uh, this past Sunday. So I'm curious, like as deficient as the Bengals may be up there. If the Bills, without Von Miller, of course, are positioned to take advantage of that because they had a pretty, I'd say the front four had a pretty underwhelming day against Miami. Yeah, and I think the Bills' best pass rush lately has been shooting Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds, mostly Milano, you know, coming through on the blitz. And he's been very effective at it, starting from when he knocked out Mike White against the Jets. And they've continued that and just pulling that out when they need to on a third down. And I think he's been great at it. Are they going to be able to do that? Do they want to do that? Uh, even last week, or just take all three Ravens games this year, they blitzed Joe Burrow 11 times total in three games. As in comparison, Josh Allen was blitzed 19 times by the Dolphins. So that lets you know, like, even the Ravens, probably the best defense that was on the AFC side of the playoffs, were not blitzing Burrow. So what do you do? Is Are they going to blitz Milano? Are they going to blitz Edmonds? Are they going to maybe bring Taron Johnson from the slot? Whatever it may be, just to mix it up enough if that front four isn't getting home, because that's really been the Bengals' weakness. It's why they struggled with the Steelers. It's why they struggle with the Browns. When a Miles Garrett or a T.J. Watt just go off because they're only rushing those four guys and you just can't handle them, and extra coverage is being paid attention to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins deep, because really that's, again, what we're seeing as well. The Bills see it a lot too, but you just put the shell back there and say we're not going to let these guys beat us deep. Front four has to win. It's that's the big thing for the Bills, in my opinion. Is, yep. is A.J. Epinesa, is Gregory Rousseau, or is Ed Oliver, are they going to be able to have a game? Can one of them have a standout performance and take over? I kind of like Ed Oliver in this, in this scenario. The Bengals have big, not very athletic interior offensive linemen, and I think that's where Ed Oliver can maybe use his agility and quickness. Flipping this around, Joe, um, what, what are the Bengals going to do? Uh, they, they've got Hubbard back. He wasn't going to play the, the, the game or right. was inactive for the game on the second. And Hendrickson I, was coming off an injury, um, so I'm assuming he's better a few weeks here down the road. Um, how do they want to attack the Bills, who had, you know, obviously a hell of a time with a very aggressive blitzing Miami defense? 
Yeah, and the Bengals struggled with the Ravens. You may have seen a double move against Eli Apple for a long touchdown. And a lot of people said, well, yeah. I'm concerned with the corner depth of the Bengals. The Bengals really don't expose their outside corners. They lost Chidobe Awuzie in the middle of the year, who was their number one. And they've got a second-round pick, Cam Taylor-Britt, on the other side of Apple. They don't expose them because they have really good safeties in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And they will give those guys help and say, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. You've got safety help over the top. We're going to funnel everything to where our, our two linebackers are, our safeties are, and our nickel corner and Mike Hilton, where they feel that's their strength of their defense. So they want everything to say, okay, middle of the field open. You're, you're going to have to use your slot guys. You're going to have to use your tight ends. And that's the way to pick them apart. Bengals have been really good versus number one receivers, top five in DVOA, bottom two against number two receivers. So it would be like a Gabe Davis-type game. So they're going to shade that safety over towards – Stephon Diggs, I would say get Diggs in the slot. I think the Bengals did, or the Bills did that on their first drive on Monday Night mm-hmm. Football. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yep, this makes sense. This is exactly how you need to attack Bengals defense. And do you keep doing that? Is that something in the game plan that to continue? I would expect it to be. It's probably going to be a 12, 10, 12 target Gabe Davis type game where it's like, here, here you go, playoff Gabe, if that's who you are. Um, you know, you can carry this offense for you. But I do wonder, they're really good. The Bengals' front is really good, and this is why they had success versus Pat Mahomes. Really good at mush rushing where you don't really run past the quarterback. You try and slowly collapse the pocket. You, mm-hmm. you have smart rush lanes. You have a spy, and you say, okay, throw from the pocket. Don't let him extend plays. And it's, really, it's worked good against Mahomes. He's still a good player even in the pocket, and so is Josh Allen. But you try to keep those huge outside contain off script plays from happening indeed can't wait joe it's it's highly anticipated uh could be should be maybe even emotionally charged and um again both teams like the bengals if they feel slighted uh being the defending champs i know joe mixon has been talking a lot like this this week or or maybe i'm seeing it a lot i'm I'm sure he's not just daily saying the same things but we've all seen the clip of him talking about their status as defending champions um you know the bills have been what they've been all year long so um again can't wait can't wait for sunday very very intriguing uh matchup if i got the handle right on youtube it's at Bengals talk yeah cincinnati Bengals talk okay the whole word very good, Joe. Thank you for your input today, and um, you know, go, yep. go go Bills, go Bang. I, I can't say go Bengals to you on this show. Uh, whatever, man. Cheers. Yes, sir. Take care, Bulldog. And right. if the Bengals lose, then I hope the Bills do it and take care of it. All right, thanks. That's Joe Goodberry. Again, Cincinnati Bengals talk on uh, YouTube. That's where you can find a lot of content there. Uh, if you're hungry for you know diving into their side, you know from their perspective. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This matchup coming up in the divisional round on Sunday at the stadium. Certainly, I know our audience is invested in the Bills end of this thing. And uh, we'll, we'll get into it and talk more about it as we go. Uh, we'll happily revisit the conversation from the first hour of the show talking about really you know your emotional attachment to this team and why you want to see a championship so badly some very great calls uh in the first hour of the show hopefully more where that came from at 803-0550 mike shope has the day off today i am the bulldog along with zach jones and you are listening to wgr well i think earlier sal i think was the one that talked about smart not conservative and there's calculated anytime you throw anytime you have the ball in your hand there's calculated risk involved there's risk involved overall you know, it's it's just an important piece of winning games is complimentary football. You know, it's clear that we make it awfully hard on ourselves sometimes, which the good part of that is that we figure out ways to win. Sean McDermott earlier today, uh, as the Bills start ramping up here, it was a walkthrough practice today. Interesting for a Wednesday, but, you know, it's the playoffs. Um I just say that meaning that Wednesday is normally not a walkthrough, uh, at least that I know of anyway. We'll get more on the Bills end of this thing uh, from Sal Capaccio in about a half an hour's time uh, when he joins us uh, to uh, run down all that. Yeah, complimentary football. Don't don't make mistakes. It's not complimentary when you give them the ball. Right? <laughs> yep, got it. I agree. Stop. Don't do that. Stop doing that. 803-0550 is the phone number you want to get in on, uh, get in on things here. You know, whether it's looking ahead to Sunday and this matchup between the Bills and the Bengals uh, or like digging a little deeper, uh, if you'll allow, you know, a very special edition of Show and the Bulldog. Mike's got the day off today, by the way. It's just me here. Hi. Um, You know, your, your attachment to this team, why you want, the, the championship so badly um and and look i'm i'm we're talking uh, i'm talking like this uh in part i mean mike divulged yesterday uh in the five o'clock hour of the show that he he wants it for these players and that took a lot of our audience by surprise took me by surprise hearing him talk like that and it, it turned into kind of a a rather emotional hour of the show i kind of wanted to pick up on that because well selfishly um, I like hearing these stories. I like stories. I, 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 I do, um, you know, my appreciation for the data and the analytics and all that sort of stuff has grown over the years for sure. Um, so I don't, I don't just dismiss that, but I'm, I'm an emotional dude. So, um, you know, all this stuff really touches me and I think a lot of the fans in, in different ways. And I like hearing these stories. I also, you know, they have a game Sunday against a very good team. 
Nobody's going to be in the mood if it doesn't go well to have this conversation. You know, tomorrow is Ryan Miller's day, and we've got a lot of guests, including Ross Tucker, who will be on the radio call nationally. Uh, so he's coming back to Buffalo again for a second week in a row. Um, it's just, and then Friday will be, you know, ramp up for the game, and it's not as much of a storytelling type day. And so, you know, I wanted to make sure and spend some time with this. Um, because, I, I, you know, we might not get to do it if things don't go well Sunday. I know, right? I mean, should we should we be thinking like that? I'm, I'm just telling you, planning purposes for the show, why this was a subject that made sense today to me. Uh, because I, I don't know that we'd be able to get to it. I, I really do believe, like, these games from here on out are, are coin flips. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be playing good teams, and you're, you're you know, not say you have to play perfect, that you can't make mistakes and win. Um, It's possible you can overcome, you know, (laughs) some mistakes and still pull it off. But um, they're coin flips. You're playing playing good teams with great quarterbacks and tons of skill, and that's just the reality of it. So, um, you know, if you, if you wanted a little behind the curtain peek as to what motivated me to make this a subject for today, I was selfishly worrying that we wouldn't get to do it because if it, if it unravels, uh, on Sunday, that's going to be the end of that. Like that sentiment, we're not going to be wanting to talk about why we want to win so badly. We're going to be talking about why they didn't win and what went wrong and who's to blame and, uh, you know, do we need heads on posts and that that kind of nonsense. Uh, Nonsense, I mean, I'm overstating it a little, but you get the point. 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in uh, on the conversation. Would love to have you. Let's uh, lead off this segment with David is first up. Hi, David, you are on WGR. Thanks for calling. Okay, Bulldog. Um, I just, I guess I wanted to get in on the dad theme. Um, I started following the Bills in 1960, their first season, with my dad listening to the games on the radio. We um, we couldn't afford season's tickets, but we, we went to a couple games every year at the Rock Pile, and I still remember 64 and 65 watching the AFL championship games on our awesome. little black and white TV, and after – the Bills winning, my dad and I just jumping up and down in the living room, hugging each other until we fell to the floor. Um, but then we went through the Super Bowl years, and then we went into the, the drought years, and my dad started saying every year, I'm going to die before the Bills ever win a championship. I'm never going to see it. And sadly, in 2016, he did pass away at the age of 87, so he never even got to see this current team. He never got to see Josh Allen play. And I think that if he was here now and he saw this team, I think he would be cautiously optimistic that that <laughs> yeah. he, that maybe his son, meaning me, won't, uh, that I won't die before the Bills win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, l- great job, David. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the call. Um, to have those memories from the 60s. Uh, must really be great. I mean, because that, you know, 64 and 60, you know, 65, there's nothing else to win. Yeah, you know, it was pre Super Bowl, so you, you won your last game, you saw them win their last game, and that was a championship. Um, and yeah, boy, that, those, those have got to be great memories. I mean, I, I'm, um, you know, a little bit younger than you. Uh, my dad is 89 now. I'm 57. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I was born in 65. So I, I missed, I missed that. Um, 
But, man, I, I, I feel it. I, I feel you very, very much so. Thank you for the call, David. Appreciate it. Carrie is next up. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR. Hey, Bulldog. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How are you today? Man, I'm not too bad, man. Not too bad. Good. So um, I just wanted to chime in because uh, I don't normally do this, man, but I, I work. I, I'm a delivery guy. I drive around. I listen to you guys all day, and, and I get Thank hyped you for up that. for the week. Yeah, I, yes. And I get hyped up from, for the week for a Sunday game or, you know, Monday night game or whatever. And I come from a football family. Like, we all, like, you know, I play, I play, I play, my family plays. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in tune. Um, I just want to say, man, I became a Bills fan, I believe, in 98. I was 13, something like that, when Flutie was take, taking over. And <laughs> I didn't re- I'm from Rochester. I didn't realize we had. A, a, a hometown team per se, right in our backyard, you know, 50 miles away, and I'm living in in, in Maryland at this time, and I see everybody like they Redskins, and I'm like, wait a minute, my team is a, you know, the home team is Buffalo. So ever since then, man, I've been riding the wave, the the, the drought years, and the, and all those years, and now, come on, man, like we we we're, we're I'm just first of all, I gotta just tip my hats off to the guys, the coaching staff. Come on, man. We've been playing very good football and well coached for, for a few seasons now. And uh, we've been close. And um, I don't, you know, we've been close to winning. And I think our team is probably one of the closest, if not the closest, knit team in the NFL. And these guys are just balling. They playing and they play their hearts out. And, and they, they kind of deserve it, man. We all deserve it. The whole Western <laughs> New York. Yeah. We, come on, man. And, and, and um, you know, I, I just, I just, I just love the team. I just, I just can't. I just want to, because you know how sweet it will be for the Buffalo Bills and the fans to have a champion. Like that will be the sweetest thing ever, right? In sports. So I just think it's time. I think it's, um, you know, we're knocking at the door. We got to finish the, you know, finish the ticket and all that. But I, I, I love it. I, 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 first of all, we need it for the, for the, for the fans. Second, for these players and the coaching staff, for how hard and and, and, and how hard and well they work mm-hmm. and the, the time they put in, and um, I, I I love everybody from Coach McDermott to come on Allen Diggs, I mean our defense and, and I can go on and on and, and we 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 you know we 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 just I, I just love the team for the fans and for the team itself and, and we were knocking on the door. We just gotta, we we gotta, you know, and we hear, I hear the naysayers and the, the haters, and people still don't believe, and they, you know, they kind of, you know, whatever, and that's it's all good. We're we're used to being counted out, and we 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 have we have to pull through. This got to be the year. We've been through everything. What haven't we been through? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear you, Carrie. Thank you. Great job, and um, you know, be, be careful out there uh, delivering what it, whatever it is you you deliver. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um, look, you've got a starving fan base uh, that I think at times during the drought that Kerry lived, lived his fandom through, um, you know, we we felt like we're never going to get back there. Like we would we would have we would talk on this show about like the the never having night games. Like now Michael's never coming to Buffalo. Like there were just things that just felt so far away. Like Buffalo really felt like an outpost within the league. Um, And obviously that has changed dramatically um, with, you know, of course, you know, the drought ending was a great celebration, but they still, we knew they needed 
the, the piece, the quarterback piece that they were so lacking for the entirety of the drought. Like that high level, you know, no disrespect to Fitz or any of the guys. Right? I mean, you needed that guy. You needed that stud. And here comes Josh Allen. Perfect, I mean, perfect out of central casting for this fan base because he was a very divisive prospect. Uh, we all we all know. We all remember. We all lived through that. Um, and so it, it's sort of, I don't know, sort of emblematic of the Bills themselves. Like here comes the guy that nobody really believed in coming out of high school, ended up going to Wyoming. I mean, you know his story about zero-star recruit, all, all the stuff, right? And even after being the seventh pick in the draft, like, ah, what have we got here, you know? This, this wild, untamed talent. And it has, you know, been harnessed enough. I mean, we still see the untamed, and there are mistakes, but there is great spectacular play wrapped up in there. Um, it's just a it's just a perfect match, uh, is what it is. And as the team has risen, and our faith in this group of players has risen. Um, I think naturally comes that emotional attachment that just grows. You know, um, I think a lot of the fans have always been attached to whoever is on the team, and you know that that's that's reasonable enough, and 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 maybe you're you know even honorable um, that you know lo- lovable even if they they can't seem to get out of their own way at times. Um, this team is far from that. This team is now. Like they've been what they've been all year, the favorite, all favorite. And the ride that, that we've all been on, I, I want it for them almost as much as I want it for myself and my family and my dad and all all, all the sentiments that we've heard already uh, in these conversations uh, that I hope to hear more of as we as we continue. Um, but the, pl- the players for sure um, and McDermott um, and just – the challenges of this year, of course, um, headlined ultimately by what happened in Cincinnati uh, on the second day of the new year. Uh, just, you know, the, the Bills have got a lot of support. I think they always would be a certain kind of darling nationally. You know, once your team is done, uh, if the Bills are still going, I mean, they'd be an easy team to plug into. I, you know, I think, really. Um, objectively, I, I think that that's right. Um, now, with what's happened uh, with Hamlin and the outpouring of support and all that, there'll even be more of that sentimental favorite. So, you know, I've said a few times today, I like stories. I mean, would you believe this story if it were a movie? Maybe you wouldn't. But here we are, and you know because you've lived it just like they have, it's reality. Uh, and, and it isn't a script, but it sometimes sure seems like it. 803-0550 is the phone number you want to get in. Still time for more calls in the next segment. At 5, Sal Capaccio will join me. At 6, Paul Hamilton. Sorry to be a bummer. We'll go over last night's overtime loss to the worst team in the league. Um, you know, hey, hey, look, we have jobs to do. Uh, but more your calls on on this subject, right, your emotional attachment, why you want a title so badly, 803-0550. After this, we'll take more calls. I am the Bulldog. Mike Chopez, the day off today. You're listening to WGR. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh man, I'm, I'm I'm having a laugh. I, I mean, I mean uh, so, hi, welcome back. I'm Bulldog. Mike Show best a day off. Uh, enjoying the conversation immensely. Sal Capaccio coming up in a few minutes. Uh, we've been just really you know, listening to uh, fans' stories about uh, well, being a fan, right? Like uh, why you want it so bad, family, friends, what it means to you, um, and really enjoying it. Uh, what? I asked on on Twitter, and I don't think this was even in response to um, my tweet from before the show started, sort of setting up the subject matter of today's show. (laughs) Twitter account, I retweeted this. It's a a screen grab uh, uh, family feud. It's it's making me laugh. I don't know if I can do it justice trying to describe it for those of you who aren't on Twitter. But uh, family feud circa January 2017. In the year 2023, what will be tearing Bill's Mafia apart? And there's three answers on the board. Drought reaches 23 years. Should Bill's sign Tom Brady? Nitpicking playoff wins. <laughs> and then and off to the one side is Steve Harvey, uh, family one of the Family Feud hosts. Uh, I don't even know if he st- still does that. I, I No idea. Anyway, I, I know he's done the gig. And like the look on his face is just, just great. I, I, I hope if you're on Twitter, get, get there and find it. Um, I retweeted it a little while ago. Um, it's it's just making me laugh. I was just scrolling through and I saw it again, um, and it really, really, really made me laugh. Uh, all right, we'll we'll get we'll get more into um, uh, the matchup and the state of things with the Bills. Sal Capaccio is going to join us after uh, the top of the hour and the update. Uh, so that's coming your way. Paul Hamilton will join me at 6. The Sabres dropped an overtime uh, game last night in Chicago to the Blackhawks, coughed up a late lead and ended up losing in in the OT. Uh, as it pertains to tomorrow, tomorrow is a, a, a big day for the Sabres and their fans. Uh, Ryan Miller night. Um, I'm extremely confident uh, about the Sabres doing this upright. I, I feel like for a while now, they've had a very good touch uh, with their special events, whether it's, you know, kids' days, 70s night, whatever it may be, RJ night, obviously. They, to me, have hit home runs in these instances, and I have no reason to think tomorrow would be any different uh, with Ryan Miller night. A uh, couple of things for you to keep in mind if you're just kind of bumping around town right now or listening wherever you listen. Um, if you're going to the game tomorrow, it is already sold out. Um, so plan accordingly traffic-wise. I'll tell you, a couple of Saturdays ago that Minnesota game ended up being a sellout, and it was the first time I dealt with that kind of traffic going to a Sabres game in a while like we you know we had of course a year where nobody could go um and then once we were able to start going you know we know what the building has looked like um so we're kind of out of practice 
Um, and tomorrow especially is an early start for the ceremony. They're encouraging fans, the Sabres are, they're encouraging fans to be in their seats by 10 minutes of 6, so 5.50, thanks for that, uh, WGR 5.50, 5.50 p.m. for the start of the ceremony at 6, honoring Ryan Miller and his number being retired and all that. <coughs> so plan accordingly. Gates are going to open, I believe, at 4.30. Uh, with that in mind, giving everyone plenty of time. Um, so just, you know, be advised. The ceremony will start at 6.00. Um, I expect it to be long and emotional, um, and I think they'll do it up great. But just have in mind, like you want to want to plan to get there early and expect traffic because it's going to be a sellout crowd uh, getting down there. Uh, so that's that. As it pertains to our end of things, because of the uniqueness of the evening with the um, with the ceremony being as lengthy as it, it, it is expected to be. Our guys that are at the arena for these home games, our crew down there, led by Brian Koziel, Pat Malacaro, and Paul Hamilton, will be taking over for Mike and myself at six tomorrow to just gonna you know give you the they're gonna carry the ceremony and be there to provide the commentary, whereas Mike and I would not be in the building. So um, you know, get there early. Try to be on time, 6 o'clock start to the ceremony. And, of course, TV will be carrying it, as will radio, thanks to Brian, Pat, and Paul. So uh, just wanted to make a note of that for you in our audience. We'll take a time out here. Sal Capaccio, right after this. Mike Schoep's off today. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 